Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been funding fine and performing artists and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShevchenkoFoundation.com. If you're interested in preserving or just enjoying Ukrainian culture, check out the Ukrainian-Canadian Cultural Society of Nanaimo. There's dancing, music, food, arts and crafts, and more. To join, call Gene at 250-758-1561. Embrace the Ukrainian culture, the music, the food, and the dancing at the 51st Annual Canada's National Ukrainian Festival, July 29th to 31st, Dauphin, Manitoba. Get your weekend pass right now for only $95. If you wait, you'll pay more at the gate. Day passes and camping passes also available. Call toll-free 1-877-474-2683. That's 1-877-474-2683. For more information, visit cnuf.ca and like CNUF on Facebook. Знаете, час від часу здається, що ви б хотіли почути від нас, щось приємне і легке. Але тут є одна деталь. Ми ніколи нічого не робимо приємно і легко. Ми завжди робимо легко. Шорстко. Так що почнемо цю пісню приємно і закінчимо її жорстко. Саме так ми виконуємо Proud Mary. Ми пливем, пливем, ми пливем. Поріці, я кинула роботу в місті, гнула спину на посадині ніч, і не змапукала хвилини сну, думаючи, що могло би бути. Крутяться жона часу, а прав мере жаром полає. Пливем, ми пливем, ми пливем у порічці. Я веремила півом пісу, викачала ценвену. Не знали, як його місто, поки насіла вечерний нечовен, хтяться жорна часу, а прав мері шаром полає. Пливем, ми пливем, ми пливем по нарічці.
And that was Mila Jovovich uh, with the Ukrainian version or translation of Proud Mary. Welcome back to Nasholus Ukrainian Roots Radio Hour 2. You are listening to us live on CHLY 101.7 FM in beautiful downtown Nanaimo. We've got news coming up for you, a book review and some more great music. And up next is Maria Mariana Sadovska, and a little bit more of a traditional sound. This is the cycle of spring calling songs from Polícia. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah,
золечка, де є твою хочу, горелики взяти, ой, я вело, горелики взяти, горелики взяти, лебедя мотати, ой, я вело, лебедя мого The latest news stories from Ukraine, courtesy Ukraine's first international English news channel, Ukraine Today. 
A night of constant shelling in eastern Ukraine. The Russian-backed separatist forces attacked Ukrainian army positions 51 times in the past 24 hours. That's according to Ukraine's military press center. The militants repeatedly used heavy artillery weapons, forbidden by the Minsk agreement. The separatist forces intensified attacks near the town of Mariupol and the village of Novoselivka Druha. Avdiivka continues to be one of the hotspots since militants shelled the Ukrainian-controlled town non-stop. The combined Russian separatist forces attacked Ukrainian army positions in eastern Ukraine 49 times in the past 24 hours. This is according to the ATO headquarters. More than 30 cases of the use of weapons by the enemy against the Ukrainian defenders were recorded from Thursday evening to midnight. In the Donetsk sector, the militants used 120 mm mortars in an attempt to hit several Ukrainian fortified positions near the villages of Piski and Opetne. Donbass militants were also active in the Mariupol sector, where 31 attacks were recorded. In particular, they again used 120 mm mortars near the village of Novotroitske, as well as 82 mm mortars near the village of Pavlopil. The search continues at a landfill in the village of Herbovice in Lviv region. Rescuers are still hoping to locate the fourth man who disappeared at a disposal dump. On Thursday morning, authorities renewed the operation despite the severe danger. The hill, that's filled with tons of trash, has cracked and could collapse at any moment. Police do not rule out any other possibilities for the man's location. The nearby forest is also being come through by officers. Currently, we are investigating two versions of his whereabouts. Before having disappeared, the man was seen close to the foot of the hill. The others claim to have noticed him at the bottom just before the collapse. Lviv, one of Ukraine's most populated cities, is situated just 10 kilometers from the site. Suburb residents say the air quality is nowhere near acceptable. Many claim it is right out contaminated. The Hrubovici landfill is currently out of service. Since the collapse, Lviv authorities shut it down, but are reluctant to disclose where trash is being disposed at instead. I would not like to name the places we are currently using instead of Hrubovici, since we want to avoid the mass flow of cars and people there. Believe me, we are using official polygons, according to the law. Relatives of the man, allegedly trapped in piles of trash, still hold out hope to see him alive again. However, the search crews on the site are less optimistic. While the rescue operation unfolds, Lviv residents hope this will serve as a wake-up call to the city administration to finally get rid of the troublesome landfill. Local authorities have yet to fire back. Three firemen killed in the landslide at Lviv region junkyard were led to rest this weekend. The body of the fourth victim, an ecologist, is yet to be found. The rescue operation had to be terminated due to the severely dangerous conditions at the Herbovice waste site. The tragic incident certainly brought attention back to the systemic issues within Ukraine's recycling industry. According to ecologists, garbage sorting and recycling is nothing more than a myth to Ukrainians. Nearly all discarded stuff end up at landfills, just like the one in Herbovice, regardless whether it is glass, wood or paper. 
Ukraine does have one garbage recycling plant. Located in Kyiv, the facility that was built in 1986 continues to operate today, continuously converting waste to alternative energy sources. We recycle nearly 700 tons of garbage a day. This is enough to provide 300 blocks of flats with hot water, so why not? By contrast, 700 tons add up to just a quarter of the daily amount of trash tossed away in Kyiv, leaving landfills to struggle with the intake of more than 2,000 tons of waste. Since we're not used either to recycling or to sorting out the garbage, it is mostly thrown out to the disposal dumps. European states recycle up to 80% of waste, whereas we use no more than 6%. Presently, there are 6,000 official waste yards listed in Ukraine, though ecologists say that number actually is closer to about 10,000, and that is what causes them to sound the alarm, because the current amount of waste covering Ukrainian land weigh nearly 40 billion tons. Nowadays, more than 5% of Ukraine's territory are covered with garbage. Imagine a country sized as Montenegro totally heaped up with waste. Ecologists claim the numbers simply do not add up. The sheer fact that the sums paid to collect the trash do not correspond to the volume of garbage taken out. The scientists insist the funds go straight into the pockets of those running the trash logistic business, since elaborate corruption schemes run deep in the waste disposal industry. Ukrainian parliament finally paves the way to the judicial reform. The draft law on the judicial system and status of judges was voted by 281 members of parliament on June the 2nd. The Verkhovna Rada's agenda also included the constitutional amendments in part of justice, which gained 365 votes, a two-thirds majority entitled to amend the constitution. The changes to the constitution are supposed to launch the process of depoliticization and independence of the judiciary. Ukrainian state-owned railway network operator Ukrzaliznica is getting a new top manager. Polish citizen Wojciech Balchun kicked off his reign as the head of the company this Wednesday. Balchun nominated new high-level managers of the enterprise at a meeting with the Ukrainian ministers. Among the four newly appointed managers, there is only one Ukrainian, accompanied by one Serbian and two Polish counterparts. Ukraine's prime minister expects the team is ambitious enough to fulfill the forethought plans. They are very ambitious concerning Ukrzaliznica. I think in a couple of years our railway operator is about to become one of the most developed enterprises in this branch. Wojciech Baltrun was publicly declared to head Ukrzaliznica in late April, though the contract has not been signed yet. Some media reported the main issue to argue about was his salary. According to the document published on the web, the poll is supposed to earn 461,600 hryvnias, with regular additional awards every three months. Balchun himself is unwilling to comment on his supposed incomes, presenting instead the plans to be installed in managing Ukrzaliznice in the near future. In particular, to appoint one more Polish citizen for a managing position. I want Mr. Vasilevsky to be responsible for the spending issues, that is maintaining and modernizing the rolling stock. Balchun expects his Polish colleague to be hired in a week. Before leaving the government meeting, he announced the press conference promising to unveil the strategic plans for the upcoming three months, six months and a year. 
nearly 60 million U.S. dollars. That's how much the party of regions under the leadership of the ousted Ukrainian president Viktor Yanukovych invested in corrupt schemes. Everything, ranging from buying the electoral votes to ordering custom-made interviews and reports on major Ukraine's TV channels Inter and ICTV. The list also includes prominent Ukrainian politicians. The incriminating report to telling 22 pages was unveiled by a Ukrainian member of parliament, Serhii Leshenko. Ukraine has to recover assets stolen by ousted President Yanukovych on its own. The chairman of Transparency International says he is not the one to coordinate the investigation. Jose Ugas claimed, after a meeting at the Ministry of Justice, that Ukraine is responsible for an effective and transparent investigation. He underlined, it is up to Ukrainian authorities to get all of the missing money back. However, the chairman added, the Transparency International will provide Ukrainian investigators with all the necessary advice. An impromptu concert near the Ukrainian parliament. The MPs were treated to a performance by Ukrainian artists, all in support of a law that will implement mandatory Ukrainian language quotas. The artists are asking for 35% of content to be in the Ukrainian language. The goal is for radio stations to start with 25% at first and gradually increase it in two years. The parliament is set to vote on the mandatory content regulations this Thursday. Ukrainian Postal Service is taking package delivery into the future. A specially designed drone presented today in Kyiv can transport goods more quickly, safely and efficiently. It can carry packages weighing up to 5 kilograms over distances of 20 kilometers per charge. One drone can make up to 300 flights per month. Customers will be able to order delivery through smartphone. However, the cost of the service has not yet been revealed. A new treatment and recovery facility is now open in western Ukraine, but its patients aren't whom you would think of right away. Getting healthy again is the priority for these wild animals, most of whom are listed in the Red Book of Endangered Species. Halich National Nature Park, located in western Ukraine, is set to become the new home of two eagles and buzzards. The birds all have a reason to come here. All of them feel victim to street photographers seeking quick cash from unsuspecting tourists. Our environment is the closest thing to the wild they can get. Unfortunately, we cannot let them fly in open nature, because after all, we have no idea whether they will survive on their own. Since they are two different kinds, they eat differently too. For instance, the white-tailed one likes fish, and the eastern imperial eagle prefers small birds and rodents. Halich National Nature Park director Ole Hajduk adds, he has no doubt that both the eagles and the buzzards will have a very speedy recovery. All animals that are treated at the rehabilitation facility are looked after with the highest standards of veterinary care. This deer was brought here in, in very poor condition, but now it is healthy and happy, which Hajduk says the birds will also be in no time. Bring a little cheer to the hospitals and clinics for sick children in Ukraine. That's exactly what a couple of young artists decided to do to help kids get well sooner. These two believe walls can help with the healing process. And color plays a big role in how kids perceive their stay at the doctor's office. There is book therapy, and this is art therapy. A type of treatment, so to speak. When a child sees something beautiful, it helps much more than gray walls. 
The kids like the paintings, and the doctors say it actually makes them feel much more at home rather than at a hospital. It's a symbol of comfort, a pet cat, the storks, home, all the symbol of a Ukrainian household. So far, their work can be seen in doctors' offices across Ukraine, from neurologists to dentists, and even 14 different hospital wings. They usually work only in state-run facilities because they tend to be painted either in gray or beige only. Their work is truly a labor of love. It doesn't come cheap. Paint, brushes, stencils, all can easily add up to a hefty sum. The supplies alone for their work for the cardiology unit at this children's hospital cost them about 500 U.S. dollars. They never take money from the doctors, though. Everything comes from private donations and social media crowdfunding campaigns. The paint is always non-toxic, acrylic base, because it lasts much longer. Usually, the walls built during Soviet times were out of the sand. If we use old-based paint, it will chip right away. So that's why all those gray walls are chipping and people think it's the norm. It isn't. We need to change that, make the new generation happy. Helena's next project is painting nearly 100 square meters of children's hospital in Kharkiv this fall. She says she is looking forward to making winters feel a little warmer there. The famous eight-year-old football fan from the city of Lviv, Volodymyr Bobenchik, may miss Euro 2016 because the embassy of France denied a visa to him and his parents. Along with all the required documents, the family provided the flight tickets and the tickets for two matches of the football championship, Ukraine-Poland and Ukraine-Germany. But the embassy's consular office concluded that the travel purpose is not proved enough and refused the visa. Volodymyr Bobenchik is a very famous fan in football circles. He often participates in trainings and other events of the national football team. The family appealed against the decision. The boy's dad, Ivan Bobanchik, visited the Wiza Center and he was informed that his family needs to present new proofs of their trip purpose. The fact is that we planned the trip to Euro 2016 in advance, a year before the championship. Six months ago we bought tickets, there were now names, booked flight tickets in a hotel. We were denied a visa, we received a visa rejection letter. Getting to know about the war in eastern Ukraine is now available in English. ATO Open Air Museum in Dnipro City launches excursions for the foreigners. Each and every item here was once brought from the front line. Svetlana Kapustina, working here, is ready to tell about the remains of Donetsk airport Ukrainian soldiers had been defending for nearly 250 days. So such traditional checkpoint, you know, that our region was a symbol of defense uh, of the whole country and also it was like forepost of the whole Ukraine. There are 400 exhibits displayed in the museum. Numerous shells are not even estimated, since the soldiers brought them in huge sacks, that is dozens of thousands. All of these things are real. All of this uh, part of the weapon, all these bullets, all these uh, uh, things, and they also could be taken like souvenirs by visitors, if they want, of course. Because for some people it's not like souvenir, but for some people it's very seriously. 
Those who returned from Donbass assisted in recreating the atmosphere of the battlefield. The visitors enter the museum through the checkpoint. The exposition reflects the front line in details. All the equipment is real, including the gun that does not shoot, though. The walls are decorated with pictures the children have been sending to the soldiers since the beginning of the war. And of course, the pictures, children pictures, because a lot of our soldiers believe that it's not just gift, but it's also something like emulate. For example, some of them they put down to their spokes, to their uniform during the battles. This emergency care unit transported the wounded soldiers from the battlefield during numerous shellings. Field surgeons say to have encountered severe danger every day while rescuing the combats. It's not comfortable at all. Uh, I think that they were so tired that they could sleep in any, any situation. Uh, yes, of course, it's not comfortable and it's not a position like military position. Destroyed wall of Donetsk airport, demolished bus stop in a village, volunteers' car totally burned out, numerous weapons, road signs riddled with bullets have already become a part of contemporary Ukraine's history. The museum visitors have a chance not only to have a look, but to touch as well the painful memories of Russian aggression. Ilovaisk, Luhansk, Marinka, Debaltseve and other places of cruel battling are also represented here along with the pictured chronology. In a while, the administration staff promises to provide the exhibits with special codes so that the visitors may figure out more detailed information on every object. Those returning from the East are also on duty here and are always eager to retell the hellish story they have gone through. People's interest to the museum is booming. Once having come here, the visitors return with their friends and relatives to show them this unique exposition. A good deal of militaries come as well. This is a kind of so-called pilgrimage when they recollect the war memories. The main aim of this museum is to show the average people that evil unfolding in Donbass. The war continues despite any political factings, and we cannot stay aside awaiting the victory. It will not come unless we unite. We do not collect the reminiscences of war, but are willing to retell the story in total. Our workers saw the war with their own eyes. With the help of these codes, one may read the information about any object he or she is interested in. Another format we are currently elaborating is a phone excursion. By now, crowds of people come just to have a look at the artifacts from the East, since these objects are silent witnesses of the Donbass war. We are willing to present an excursion not only about the military equipment and weapon, but also about people standing at checkpoints, mortars, armored personnel carriers, Donetsk Air Airport. Seeing real people having managed to withstand the enemy is a crucial factor in bringing the victory closer. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's Ukraine News Roundup for this edition of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. To hear more news from Ukraine today, check all of this week's editions of Nasholos at www.nasholos.com. And for their full roster of breaking stories, as well as interviews, press reviews, and in-depth analysis on Ukraine, follow Ukraine Today on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and their live blog, uatoday.tv. Вислухайте радіопрограму «Наш голос» радіо українського коріння, котра подається вам на хвилі CHLY 1017 FM у місті Нанаймо. Говорить Павліна. 
This is Nash Holos, Ukrainian Roots Radio, coming to you live on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I'm your host, Pavlina. And the wild and crazy Bratejo Yukinen, that means Viper Brothers, yes, as in Snake. And uh, that is the song, goes back a little ways. It is called Hey Zabava SSSR, which translates as Zabava USSR. And a pretty biting parody there of uh, the great lifestyle that they had back in those days. And uh, there is a Ukrainian swear word in there, sorry about that. Uh, this but it is in Ukrainian, so it's okay. We do not do English swears on this family program. And this is Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. Coming up next is the Kubasonics from Edmonton. This is from their fourth CD. And this is actually, it does have a sort of a swear word in it. But, well, we took care of that. Here they are. It's Kubasonics with Great Zabava. often ask me what the heck is a Zababa? 
not the kind of party that I go to with my baba. The music's kind of loud and the dancer's kind of sweaty. I'll tell you all about it. Have a listen if you're ready. Better hand goes, make sippin' Zababa. Lots and lots of booze, make sippin' Zababa. There's no good shoes, makes a really good Zababa. And a kick, man, makes a great Zababa. In the country, they do it like they should There's always lots of drink And there's tons of homemade food The city folks, they try their best But really tell me, please There must be better city food Than those little cubes of cheese Better hand foods Make sippin' Zababa Lots and lots of booze Make sippin' Zababa Those are big f***s Makes a really good Zababa And a kick And makes a great Zababa All my friends are going They all like something different But to each his own Me, I like the music Others like to dance And some just want to drink And drink and drink and drink Drink Better hand booze Make sippin' Zababa Lots and lots of booze Make sippin' Zababa Drink shoes Makes a really good Zababa And a cake And makes a great Zababa Millennia, the boys from U and B, the Cimarrons, the Starlights. But really, let's be honest, the best ass kickers are the Better Boots. Make sippin' Zababa, lots and lots of booze. Make sippin' Zababa, big shoes. Makes a really good Zababa, and a kick, and makes a great Zababa. Welcome to Knishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, Ukrainian stories in English. In this edition of Knishka Corner, we will be discussing Maria Levitsky's new book, Putin's Putin, Russia, Ukraine, and the Near Abroad Conflict. Maria Levitsky defines Putsch as a violent attempt to overthrow a government. She explains that Vladimir Putin's hybrid war against Ukraine is a blatant attempt to destabilize the current government. She also tells the stories of ordinary people 